Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Care Patrol of Connecticut in New York is your number one partner for securing safe senior living options and navigating the senior care continuum. Their services are at no cost to you, and they guide you through the entire process. Visit www.carepatrolct.com for details. And welcome back to the show. One of the, one of the wonderful things about the state of Connecticut, in my opinion, is that we're small enough to uh, know everybody else. And we're also small enough that I think... In a way, we don't take each other, we don't take ourselves too seriously. I know that uh, last year, Governor Lamont, after he won, he had an event for journalists at the governor's mansion in Hartford, and we were delighted. Melissa and I were delighted to be there. We had such a good time, and it was wonderful to meet and greet the people behind the headlines that we report to you every single day. I think the Connecticut Examiner is relatively new on the scene. I could be wrong, but I do know that the stories, the punch, the exposés have, with increasing frequency, really, really had even a wider audience than perhaps the original distribution of Connecticut Examiner, because I know that I am citing it all the time. I'm attributing the sources all the time. And I particularly remember that when we were talking a lot about what was going to happen with zoning in this uh, state and CT 169 strong, that very often it was the Connecticut examiner that broke a lot of the stories about the ins and outs of the legislation and the process that a lot of people didn't know. And I really appreciate it because I try, but I can't be everywhere all at once. Gregory Stroud joins us now. You are, Gregory, the editor-in-chief and co-founder of the Connecticut Examiner. You have a Ph.D. You you describe yourself as a lapsed historian, but actually you're a historian in real time as a journalist. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me on. I want to have you on, but what I want to do is I want you to... There you go. There we go. There you go. So... Thank you so much for coming in today. Appreciate you having me on. It's a pleasure. So I want to hear all about your journey towards starting owning the Connecticut Examiner. So um, we launched about four years ago. Okay, so I'm not wrong. Relatively recent. Relatively recent, and we're growing. So that's the reason why you see a lot more of us. We 
we've been hiring. We start out with just two reporters. Now we have seven full-time reporters. Hopefully, uh, we'll have another couple of reporters by the uh, you know, next couple of months. And uh, uh, you'll see a lot more coverage in Fairfield County now that we really? have. Really? So, uh, Angela Corella down in, you know, 36 years, she worked for she's the Stanford amazing. Advocate. Yeah, she's great. We picked her up, and uh, and we have another young reporter who's covering Darianne and Who? Westport, uh, Sophia Muche. So, just, just a young reporter right out of... Uh, uh, Central Connecticut College, and she's doing a great job, already already winning awards. Is that right? Yeah. And where are you based? Uh, Old Lyme, Old Connecticut. Lyme. Old Lyme, Connecticut. So, but you want to be covering this area, whole state. So that's, state. I mean, the, so it's the 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 mission is is sort of serious, nonpartisan, no nonsense state and local news, with a focus on the hyper local. Mm. So, and it's the idea is that if if something, if some politics or some news story or some policy or some law is important, eventually it ends up on the local level. And so that's where we cover it. And we try to sort of facilitate that conversation up and down, you know, between Hartford or New York or Washington and and the very local level. But I, I thought you did a great service in covering the details of the bills in Hartford. It's, um, I mean, that's actually how I, you know, I, I'm not a, a news person by, by training. I, I have a PhD in history, um, but I got into uh, a policy in a serious way in Connecticut over, actually it was high-speed rail. And Tell it was, me about and that. And it was, so it was explaining to, actually it was explaining to reporters and news organizations and, and uh, local officials about a, a massive federal policy that no one had dealt with. I mean, because it was it was sort of the the menu of options for high speed rail across the Northeast and including the one that would have eviscerated the whole coastline. That's the one. Oh, I remember. And, and, and you know what? And maybe that's when you first came on my horizon, because I remember covering that story and thinking, are, are you guys whacked? Like what what's going on here? What's and so so it's yeah, it was we we call it a black swan or a white crow or something. What happens when an event happens only once every 30 years? How do you make sense of it? Do you take it seriously? And so um, so and that was all about planning and zoning and policies and that's and so the first reporter we hired was a planning and zoning geek just for and that's the reason who why. was it so it was kate hewitt okay so okay. working working reporter okay. actually cool. from rhode island at the time cool. and, and Very she cool. was and so and so we take that sort of a little wonky uh, uh, not, uh, uh, not, uh, we try to make it approachable, the news approach. It's for regular people. It is. You know. Is it in print or just digital? Just digital. Okay. Uh, and is that always going to be the model? Always the model. Okay. I think everyone, everyone that has print is trying to get out of it. Um, That's a shame uh, though. It, it I is. still subscribe to all this print. You know, I do too. I do love, you? You know, and I, I just, there's nothing better than opening up. There just, really uh, isn't. Yeah. And also you get to read. A lot of the stories I find when you peruse print, Absolutely. you're deciding what you want to read versus if you're just digital, you're really only seeing that first screen a lot of the time. You're really only seeing what they want you to see. Abs- absolutely. Or you, you'll with a print paper, you'll end up reading something in the business section or the real estate That's section. That's right. Or the, and you connect what, the dots. Yeah. And you'd never, you'd never, you can almost find, it's too easy to find what you want to find on online, I think. So... Uh, but but it's I think it's the model. Okay. We're chatting with Gregory Stroud, who is the founder and the co-owner of the Connecticut Examiner. And are you free to most people? What is your model? Is it uh, paid for by advertising? So currently we're venture capital funded, 
And uh, so, but we have uh, with the uh, intention to go to a subscriber model, and I think that's just subscriber. In other words, pay. Pay. But right now it's free. Right now it's free, and but the pay model that we're focused on is fifteen dollars a year. Fifteen dollars a year. I'll subscribe. So, thank you. I subscribe to the Hartford Current. I subscribe to the Hearst newspapers, both digitally and in print. The Norwalk Hours delivered to my house every day. I subscribe to the New York Times in print, and Melissa knows my producer because it piles up like crazy until I can get to read it. And but also, of course, online. I subscribe to the Wall Street Journal. I wouldn't miss a day without the New York Post, even though Murdoch. Did you see his numbers today, Gregory Strad? Did you actually, see what happened? Actually, I didn't. He's down seventy-five percent in earnings from last year. Uh, yeah. I did see that actually. Yeah, he made a profit of about a hundred million last year's profit was seven hundred something million. You know, I'll, I'll put in a plug for the Financial Times too. Oh, that's one. You know, who's some, owned by who owns that? Is it? Don't know, but it's it's but it's a it's British, pink one. British pink one, the British pink place. One. So sometimes yeah. you, you like know, when one, I, huh? I want to get away from the parson back and forth. And so I'll read what what the the Brits have to say about us, you know, and 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 that's illuminating. That one, that, I read the Guardian for that. I read the Guardian, and they're for always that too. playing for money yeah. once in a while. <laughs> the the other thing is I have to give money every year to Wikipedia because I don't think I could do anything in the world without Wikipedia. Yeah. And Wikipedia to me is the encyclopedia of humanity, and and, and we I, don't pay for it. I think we should pay for it every year. Every year I give them a hundred bucks. And I think what you're what you're pointing out is I think people worry about uh, bias or partisanship in the news. And the reality is is that the, the the truth is in the conversation, and it's not in any one source. It's that rich conversation where we're all hustling and trying to get the stories and competing with each other and and different points of view and some provocateurs. And and I think our place is. We're tr- we try to be kind of, yeah, no gotcha, n- uh, no nonsense. We, we want you to trust, trust us. And, and if there's something that I hang my hat on um, is that we've had stories like um, about crisis, crisis pregnancy centers or about um, uh, some of the issues of curriculum and, and uh, uh, African-American studies mm-hmm. and these issues, uh, critical race theory. And we've had those stories, serious stories, that are actually shared so on social media by both sides. Yeah, so if you can get pro-choice right. and pro-life people yep. on a controversial issue with serious coverage to both be So satisfied. that's your aim. So your aim is not to be considered a center-right or center-left or center-anything. Your aim is to just report the story... Like sort of like dragnet, just the facts, ma'am. We, we, I mean, we really try to, and the the idea is that we don't expect we don't expect the two sides to agree, but we would hope that they share the same facts. Just share. Wouldn't the that same be facts. nice? Yeah. All right, let's go to Trish from Shelton. Trish, you're on the air with Gregory Stroud, who is the owner of the Connecticut Examiner. You do you have a question, Trish? I do. Good morning, and thank you very much for taking my call. Have you ever um, considered looking into the windfall um, HR, Bill H.R. 82 where Connecticut teachers, there's only 17 states in the United States where um, teachers do not receive their spousal Social Security after the, your partner dies? And we have such a shortage of teachers now that even kids going in aren't aware of the fact that they don't have that privilege to collect that. Have you guys ever looked into that or would consider looking into that as to why it's not going forward in Connecticut? 
We'd absolutely, we have not covered that, but we absolutely would. In fact, I'll, I'll chat with my education reporter to, today about it. Um, it's the kind of, it's sort of, a, it's, it's exactly the kind of story we like, which is, is sort of policy-based, but then, you know, there's, a, there's, there's potential solutions or problems, but then it plays out on the local level. And, and how do you, you know, all these schools, particularly poor, poor schools and poor districts, are really having a hard time hiring teachers teacher shortages and paraprofessionals and so uh and how do, is it just about raising wages or is it or what do you well, do the, the theory trish well, this came to be right as a result of what was perceived to be uh healthy union contracts for pension isn't that how it came to be that teachers were sort of quote punished yes. for this yeah right yes and, and we fell underneath that under the enhancement money and it it's never has changed. Our salaries did, in fact, go up. But none of us even knew that we weren't eligible for our spouse's Social Security after they pass. I only found out by going to a financial planner and talking to other teachers. They were like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And then when I got involved, you know, there are certain legislators that have signed on and some have not that it, it, it keeps getting it keeps dying. It keeps, they try to hide it in different bills, and then it, it fails. But I even had suggested to the organization that every state that's affected go to, go to Hartford, all of us, and be on the lawn, because if the public doesn't know about it, we didn't know about it, and I don't think the public knows about it, that we could push to make a change, because it's just my husband worked his whole life to provide for his family, and when he passes... I will not have his Social Security, and it just seems so unfair, especially now that our salaries are pretty much equal to everybody else's. It's not like we got this giant bonus for the rest of our lives. Well, also, it's really, as a matter of public policy, carving out an exception for teachers that we don't carve out for anybody else. That's what seems so grossly unfair about it. It, I I, I do know that in some states it does affect firemen and policemen, but not in all of the states. Interesting. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, if uh, look look in the Connecticut Examiner about ten days, and we'll have a story. Okay, that'll be great. I'll guarantee thank you, you that. so, thank you so much, and Lisa. Thank you for allowing me to bring this to the table because I think I've gotten farther with you than I have with all of my letters to our legislators. And thank you very much for your reporting. I deeply appreciate it. Thank you, Trish. Uh, we're going to be right back. We're chatting with Gregory Stroud. Maybe you've got an issue or something on your mind that you think the examiner could do a good job reporting about. 203-333-9422. We'll be right back. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome back to the show. 203-333-9422. We're chatting with Gregory Stroud who is the publisher and co-owner of the Connecticut Examiner, a digitally-based publication, which you can find at any time. By the way, Gregory, do you also issue like a daily morning newsletter? Uh, we do it on Sundays, in part, okay. part because, you know, to tell you the truth, my phone is blowing up all the time from the New York Times. Is Wall it fun? It, it, <laughs> it's fun, but we try not, we try not to, we, you know, we're trying to be like the good guys. So if we don't spam you, we don't share your information Understood. and all that. So that's so we figure if we do it 10 times, you'll start to I only do a, a newsletter once on Saturday mornings. Yeah. People either open it or they don't. That, exactly. That's you know, it. So our, our Sunday, our, I can say our Sunday digest, we have uh, a 60, 60% open rate, which is pretty much through the roof for, that's for amazing. the industry. That's amazing. So, yeah. yeah. I'm at 48% and I'm really happy with that too. That's good. It's pretty good. 203-333-9422. So, Gregory Stroud, what is the Connecticut Examiner covering right now that is your sort of top of mind? What do you want us to know? Well, let's see. Right now, we're, we, we should have a story on my CT savings. So, if oh, you're familiar yeah, with this yeah. project. So, mm-hmm. so, this one came out, and, and th- there was a deadline in, uh, I think it was in March, that, so everyone was supposed to sign up in March, and then that's this is for small businesses. Small businesses under fifty employees mm-hmm. to give them a uh, retirement. The employees have a chance to have sort of tax favored retirement account, and um, and so this deadline has now been extended into March. Well, it has to be extended a lot and a lot because and wait, let's just say there's a flip side of it, which is for the very first time, people had more money taken out of their paychecks right or is this not the same one i'm well, thinking this of? this one well the issue here is that uh, small businesses when we talk to my ct savings the comptroller's office they say only 39 percent of restaurants have signed up and so we're trying to be good we've there's been a lot of people but the reality is is a lot of people have been trying to sign up and they're, you know, and, and this and, and the bureaucracy, the, and the structure isn't there. The, I, we're, we haven't quite figured it out yet. So this is this is a case of a freedom information request and oh. trying to figure this one out. And part of the reason we were on this story is, frankly, because my own employees and, you know, and they tried we, to do it and they got the dun, dunning Love letters. It. And then they said, uh, um, don't call us. We'll call you. So in other words, first, they tell you <laughs> you're not complying. And you're out of compliance. And then when you try and be a good citizen and you can't sign up, it would be a little doubly frustrating. And then and then, then they say, well, there's privacy restrictions that keep us from oh. you know, telling you. And so I said, how about you just talk about our case and we'll waive the privacy considerations? Yes. And then they say, just call the helpline. Uh-huh. So, Very so helpful. That, so, so hopefully we'll have that story in a, a, another couple of days. We'll see how that one works now, out. Now, from anything that you've published, and I want to go back to the zoning a little bit because the Fair Share Act and all of that was <laughs> tremendously controversial and will come up again. Uh, did you get any pushback from any politicians about coverage? 
Um, you know, I, th- I think we've had some pretty tough stories uh, in Stamford um, with uh, Marilyn, uh, uh, Mayor Carolyn Simmons. Oh, that's and right. So, you, you, did you break that story? Uh, there were a couple stories on that. We've, we, I'm not sure which one, but yeah. Well, let's talk about why she's in hot water, just as a recap, because we've done a lot of stories on this. And I actually had an exclusive interview with the gal that was the head of the RTM. What's her name? And um, I can't remember names. And... Uh, and that podcast went, you know, a lot of people wanted mm-hmm. to listen to that. But that was the story about in the last day, June 7th of the legislative session. Oh, yeah. That Mayor was Caroline Simmons called up her buddy, Matt Ritter, and said, hey, we've had this process going on in Stanford of a charter redo. And in that charter redo, the Charter Revision Commission wants to do certain things that I think uh, may not be legal, and they certainly will hamstring my ability as a mayor to get a lot of development done that I've been planning to do. And before you know it, who Mayor Simmons was described as a really close friend of Matt Ritter's, and she said that this is just another tool in her toolbox. So they put in what, what you would, what's sort of called up in Hartford a rat, which is a, a, a bill that sort of slipped in at the last moment into a, a much bigger bill. And so not that many people know, uh, knew it was there. Um, it was in a giant bonding package, and it affects the whole state. So it's a, it's a bill for Stamford that affects everyone. And I know in, uh, in uh, Westport, Westport was also working on their charter revision, and they were like, what? And, and there were some other, uh, Granby actually was, had a similar situation. So in this case, I think what we're seeing is we're seeing a sort of, it's it's kind of an inner I'm not sure Westport was working on a charter, charter. revision. They weren't, I might be wrong no, on that one. No, Westport is the only other town that has an RTM that has its own mechanism for being a balance and check on zoning that would not have been affected by oh, what okay. happened in Stamford. They were an outlier, but almost everybody else is affected. So, but I think in this case, um, the key thing is that there's sort of a tension on the local and state level that you see playing out really strongly in Stamford over goals of, of sort of development and housing. And there's people, um, there's there's people that own houses and they're 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 worried about overdevelopment or parking or the value of their houses because even regular people. Uh, most of their savings is tied up in real estate, you know? And so, when, and if, if you talk to Democrats and you say, we're going to, you know, take p- these people's pensions, they'd say, over my dead body. But if you say we might, you know, lower the value of their houses, they say, well, maybe this is fair. And and this is sort of playing out in, this is playing out in, in, in Stamford with huge development, very diverse town. And, um, and they say, you know, we've kind of, maybe we've done our part. And uh, and so Simmons has been kind of who isn't uh, uh, you know a Stanford native, she's kind of a she's a Greenwich gal, and so she's you know she won the election in Stanford and she's she's uh, having a tough time with the locals I'd say. Yeah, and remember she ousted David Martin, who was a pretty popular mayor, in sort of a very closed uh, process. And in, with the Democrats, the knowing, the cognoscente, if you will, in Stamford. And, and, and then won a, a case, uh, won an election against uh, Bobby Valentine. That's which right. Was, which that was a hotly contested uh, thing. Hotly contested. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think 
it's whether you're you're seeing uh, CT69 Strong, this organization, or there, there's others. They're sort of trying to find um, a way to to build housing that just doesn't uh, just doesn't shovel money at developers, that that protects property values, that actually is is decent, that doesn't further segregation in the state. And and there's and uh, there's no easy answer. And I think for us, we try a, a approach that. That's that's balanced, skeptical, kind, um, and and not not a giant moral crusade in mm-hmm. either direction. Okay, well that's that's how I think you're going to get a lot of loyalty from people because, you know, I think Gregory Stroud, people are tired of being preached to. I don't do much preaching here in, in this microphone on WICC. I let people think for themselves and call in all the time. I think what you say is uh, you give people a platform. Yeah. And sometimes you say we give people a platform and a lot of rope. Yeah. And what they do with it yeah. is, is up to them. But that, but that is democracy at its best, right? You just yeah. continue to keep our citizenry informed. Informed and engaged. And sometimes, you know, and to me, uh, maybe I have a somewhat, I don't know if it's pessimistic or optimistic, I sort of think of democracy as failing in the right direction, mm. sort of like the dominoes falling. And, and part of that is the public screws all kinds of things up, but it's better off that they're, in, they're engaged. And that's what a democracy is all about. And, and they can't really be engaged if they're not informed. They don't know what meetings are happening. They don't know about the issues. And, and so, and, and that's what we try to do. We try to get the public involved in this. So, Gregory Stroud, you started the Kinetic Examiner four years ago. 203-333-9422 is our number if you've got a comment or a question or something to contribute. Did you feel that there was a need? Did you feel that the existing coverage in Connecticut wasn't doing what the Connecticut Examiner intends to do? Well, I'll tell you what. I was working all along the shoreline before we started. I was working with the press, and I just felt the holes. Just like uh, and a, a disconnect, even with this this high speed rail project I was working on, ac- actually initially, these these cities in Fairfield County they didn't even realize it had passed, and it's like this is a big deal, and some people did realize, uh, but overall you you could just feel the. You mean the, the whole, people that realized it are the ones that were maybe silently mm, cheering it cheering on because they had yeah, something sure, to gain. Sure, of course, and um, and I think that uh, uh, that. Since just in the last four years, there's something like we're probably at about 500 newspapers have shuttered across America just just since the beginning of COVID. It's been uh, somewhat cl- over 2,600 since uh, uh, 9/11, and so those. Uh, one example I'd say is the Cleveland Plain Dealer used to have um, in, in about 1997 they had over 300 reporters reporting just around Cleveland. Wow! Now they have 16. And so, and so, how do we? So, our mission: How do we make uh, the news work? How do we? How do we? Where do we um, cut expenses? Where do we spend our money? Um, and uh, and and it's sort of a it's a learning process. So far, it's working. I mean, we have two hundred and twelve thousand engaged readers this month. That's what. And so, after four years, and, and we're a small state. That's pretty good. Small state. I think we're we're we've grown fifty percent um, over last year this month. So, uh, so yeah, you're feeling... definitely on the boards for me. I mean, I really, I really reading you all the time, and I like and I like the kind of reporting that I'm seeing. We're chatting with Gregory Stroud, who is the editor in chief and co-founder of the Connecticut Examiner. And you say you write occasionally about transportation, food, and wine. <laughs> That's cute. 
So you, you have your byline in there, too, once in a while, huh? Once in a while. I'd love to write more than I do, but, you know, it's kind of when you when you run something, you never uh, get to do quite what you love. No, no, that's true. So you were talking about the amount of reporters and how you ha- you now have seven, and I'm just thinking about the state right now. I mean, what's the optimal... Well, this is what I want to ask you. This morning, um, Rupert Murdoch said in response to his abysmal profits that he was going to be using AI to start producing the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, and Fox. What do you think about that? Well, we've been approached, certainly. Uh, there's a Swedish company that's approached us about using AI. And I, know, I do know uh, uh, one of our competitors uses some basic AI in their reporting. Um, Will you out that? No. Too bad for me. <laughs> yeah. You can guess, and uh, uh, I guess I can actually. So um, I guess uh, our optimal is 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 right now probably for the state. If I could have three times the reporters, I'd okay. be pretty happy. Okay. Um, but, but but the point is, you want their handwritten, hand thought, real human responses to stories. Right now, you're staying away from AI. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we we do use AI a little bit with um, some of our spot illustrations. We okay. we we uh, play with them, and frankly, um, AI is it's here to stay. Oh, I mean, sure. So there, it's uh, uh, and in some ways, uh, whether you call it AI or the algorithm, I mean, when we're you know we're on social media, uh, we Google is extremely important to anyone, mm-hmm. and and so that is a form of you know artificial intelligence that that controls our lives. Yes, but Google is a little bit different in that we can still use our brain to search. It's a very it's a it's qualitatively a different skill set. But what it gives you? Well, what it gives you is what it gives you. But we have to discern when we're searching mm-hmm. about what's real, yeah. don't we? Yeah. We have well, to keep doing that. For some sometimes for us it'll be. Um, you know, one day uh, Google will send six million readers to us for a story. And why? You know, and it's a story about fish that wash up on the shore. And so we say, can we reproduce this? Uh, how do we reproduce this? And it's it's an algorithm that, cho- you know, there's no person that chose that. Wow. And it immensely, and sometimes when we're on uh, Facebook, it's you feel like you're in a, a Petri dish. Wow. Gregory Stroud, Connecticut Examiner, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. What for a pleasure. Me on. We'll be right back with Ted Doolittle and Lisa on the Law coming right up. After this, uh, news, weather, and traffic here at the top of the hour. You're listening to WICC 600, the Lisa Wexler Show. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.